There's an old Jewish folk saying, God, I know we're your chosen people, but couldn't you choose somebody else once in a while? So at the end of this week's Pasha of Aschanen, it talks a little bit about Hashem's choosing the Jews. Not because you are most numerous of the people that Hashem desire you and choose you. Ki atem hamaat amim but rather, or because, you are the least of all nations. What does that mean? Hashem chose you because you are the least of all nations. We, we find many interpretations of this. Rashi's grandson, the Rashbam, the Tosafist, says that it's in the immediate context of the Jews about to enter the land after 40 years in the wilderness. And you're not the least of all people, or you are the least of all peoples, means only in comparison to the Canaanite nations that they were about to, um, to go to war with, who were much more populous. Uh, Rabbeinu Bechaye, not even Pekuda, but uh, Rabbeinu Bechaye, the one who wrote uh, a commentary on Chumash, says that it's referring back to something in last week's Parsha, where Mesha told the Jewish people, Hashem multiplied you like the stars. And now we're saying you, you're so few. How can you be so few if Hashem multiplied you like the stars? So what it means is, hypothetically, even if you were few, Hashem would still, cho still choose you because even if quantitatively you weren't great, but you're qualitatively so great. So that, that's what it means, hypothetically, theoretically. Um, Malbim explains it even differently. He says, because the prohibition of intermarriage comes right before this, um, this verse, so you might think that an argument for intermarriage would be, well, you know, maybe we should just join with other nations and then increase our numbers that way. So this verse, you are the least of all nations, is like an answer to that. No, 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 don't worry about it. You are the least of all nations, and that's okay. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, bolstering your numbers um, by... Um, by, by intermarrying, like, like other nations often do, in order to, to increase their numbers. But probably the most well-known explanation of, of this, this verse is Rashi, Rashi's commentary. And Rashi says that least, or fewest, uh, isn't even talking about a, uh, a population. It's talking about a, uh, a character type, a personality type. He says it means humility. He says, you are the least of all nations means that you are like Avram Avinu, your, your father, Avram, who said, I am but dust and ashes. And you make yourself small, meaning you are humble, and that's why Hashem chose you. So, you are the least of all nations, really, really means you are a humble nation. You are the most humble nation. You are, you are a nation with humility. So let's try to understand then, according to that explanation, why humility, making ourselves small in that sense, is so important to our identity and how it's linked to Jewish survival. On Purim 1951, the first Purim after the Lubavitcher Rebbe accepted leadership, he was speaking about this idea of the least of all nations. And 
at first that I was speaking about it in the literal sense of, of a populace that, remember, this is 1951, just a few years after the Holocaust, and the, the, the number of Jews had been slashed and uh, decimated, and the Rebbe started off speaking about that. And then the Rebbe, the Rebbe asked two questions. Being that the Jews are a tiny, minor, a tiny minority who was just made even tinier and were vastly outnumbered in the world, A, how can we ask a Jew to stand up to that? And B, even if a Jew does buck the trend and live Jewishly, what difference can it possibly make? So first of all, how can we expect him to do it? But second of all, even if he does do it, it's like a drop in the ocean. What effect will it have on the world? When such a tiny minority of people do something, how can it have an effect on the world? And, and then the Rebbe pointed out, you know, the demands of modern life give us so little time for spirituality. So now we're, we're, we're a small population, and, and we have a very little amount of our time that we can devote to spirituality. So it's just getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And the, the notion that we could have any effect on the world becomes seemingly more and more impossible. And then the Rebbe said that we could answer all of these questions in light of the science of the day, specifically nuclear fission. Now, nuclear fission was discovered in the, in the 1930s, and then its power was most famously harnessed by the Manhattan Project, which was the development of the bomb that was dropped on Japan, the two bombs that were dropped on Japan to end World War II. And it's interesting, by the way, that the Manhattan Project, J. Robert Oppenheimer was the lead scientist of the team. He was a Jew, and most of the members of, of the team were Jews. And in fact, to the extent that anti-Semites often refer to the nuclear bomb as the Jewish bomb. It's an anti-Semitic trope, because so many Jews were involved in the bomb. Now, of course, there were many Jews, including those who were on the Manhattan Project, who afterwards begged the world community never to use the bomb again, including Albert Einstein, whose many of his theories were used as part of the project. Um, but it's interesting that Jewishness is so intertwined with this idea of of the nuclear bomb. Um, what, what, what's the concept of nuclear fission? Basically, to, to put it very, very simply, and that's the extent of my knowledge, I'm not so well versed in this myself, but basically you're taking this tiny, tiny particle, an atom, and it can start a chain reaction that releases this incredible amount of power. So what do we see from this is that bigger is not necessarily better. Less can actually be more. This tiny nation, ma'at mikoloamim, is like an atom with immense power. We only need the secret of how to unleash the power. Now, what's the secret how to unleash the power? Nuclear fission doesn't just release the power from this tiny, tiny particle. Fission releases the power of the atom, which is tiny, by making it even tinier, by splitting it, breaking it down into smaller parts. So what do we see? That not only is there immense power in smallness, but the real power is when smallness becomes even smaller. So how do we release our infinite potential? By making ourselves small. 
That's what it means. You are the smallest. You humble yourselves. You make yourselves small. Like Avram, your father, who said, I'm dust and ashes. When do we have impact? When can we unleash a chain reaction that can affect the entire world? Through humility, when we make ourselves small. Ego reduction. See, the ego is the EGO, the edging God out. So the spiritual nuclear fission is when we take the smallness and make it even smaller. A tiny and significant minority, by making itself even smaller, by reducing the ego, becoming humble, can release this massive, massive, massive amount of energy. What does that mean? Let's talk, let's talk practically. You know, one of the first charges against Chabad, early, 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 in the times of the Al-Pirebbe, the Balatanya, he was arrested two times. So the second time he was arrested, there were charges against Hasidic culture. One of the charges was that Hasidic culture is bad for society because Hasidic teachings stress humility, what we call bittel, self-abnegation, ego reduction, or ego negation. And the argument was, if everyone's going to walk around without an ego, they're not going to be motivated. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to contribute to society. They'll become leeches on society. So the Alter Rebbe explained that actually the very opposite is true. The Alter Rebbe says, it looks like the motivated person is the self-interested person. But no, their self-interest has a limit. So ultimately, they're only going to do what they need to do to get what they want. They're not really giving to society. But who's unlimited? Who will really do everything that it takes? The selfless person. So you think selflessness makes people not contribute to society. That, that, that's, that's the myth. That's the lie. No. Selfishness limits people's ability to c contribute. Selflessness is what makes people unlimited in their ability to contribute. So this has always been a great misunderstanding that if you reduce the ego, you're going to become a shmata. You're going to become ineffective. You're going to become a, a nobody, a loser, a, you know, a passive. It's the exact opposite. When you reduce the ego, then there are no limits. Then you can accomplish anything because it's not about you anymore. Who are you? Who, who are you to say that you can't accomplish anything? Who are you to say you can't change the world? You understand? That's humility. Don't get in your own way. Just get out of your way and let Hashem shine through. That's the nuclear option. You know, Avram Avinu, we spoke about Avram Avinu. It says, Echad Hoya Avram. He was one. He was the only one like him in the whole world. He didn't have a party behind him. He didn't have a group. Nothing. I'm talking about a tiny minority. A minority of one. But we're all children of, of Avram. And we're here because of Avram. And not only did he discover Hashem, he taught the world about Hashem. And not only he called out in the name of Hashem, he caused others to call out. Until this day, you see the influence of Avram. Now, it took a lot of humility for Avram to do that. The whole world said he was crazy. But he rose above his ego. And he selflessly changed the world. You know, there's a concept called the Samson Doctrine. It's not confirmed that Israel even has nuclear weapons. But if they do, it's known that if, if there would ever, God forbid, be an existential threat to Israel, there would be a, a disproportionate response like Samson. Samson died in the temple in, in the, the Philistines in, in, in Gaza. They, they trapped him, and so he pulled down the pillars, and he, he destroyed and killed everyone, including himself. 
knew he was going down, so he took everyone with him. So there's this Samson doctrine, the nuclear option, that if, God forbid, there would be a situation where Israel couldn't save itself, they would make sure that there would be enough collateral damage that it would make it not worth it to anyone to ever threaten the Jews that way. God forbid. I mean, nobody wants that to happen at all. But my point is, you want to know the real nuclear option? The real nuclear option, and it's not even a last resort, the real nuclear option is humility. To take like the tiny atom that breaks apart and unleashes the chain reaction that releases all this power in the world, the nuclear option is humility. Break yourself down. Get yourself as close to nothingness as possible. And then everything becomes possible. There's a story that uh, Adin Steinsaltz, he once he wrote to the Rebbe and he said that he can't go on. He, he's got his scholarship that he's doing, you know, a trans, a tra, uh, giving, translating a commentary on the, on, the, on the Talmud, writing a commentary on the Talmud. And he's got his outreach that he's doing um, and the yeshivas he's running. And he was running programs in, in Russia at the same time. Literally had his hand in, in four or five full-time jobs. He says, I can't go on. He wrote to the Rebbe and he said, I got to pick something to focus on. You know what the Rebbe's response to him was? Do more. I can't do more. Do more. That's the nuclear option. The nuclear option is when you reach your limit, now we just go beyond limits. You can't. You're right. You're, you're, you're maxed out. But it's not about you. You take the ego and you break it down. And then everything can happen through you. If it's based on your own ability, even if you're great, even if you're a genius, even if you're talented, even if you're driven, it can only get you so far. But when you can just surrender and you say, it's not me anymore, it's not possible, I can't accomplish all this, I surrender. And then you allow Hashem's power through you, now you have the nuclear option. Now you can accomplish anything. So, this is the message. If there's something that feels uncomfortable, if there's something that feels like it's going to break your ego, do it. <laughs> do it. And unleash your massive, world-changing power.